0: From Happy Cat Studios in Indianapolis, Indiana, it is Rick's Rambles for the week of November 15th, 2021. Fun Facts. Well, it's time for our Fun Facts of the Week, and this week we're taking a look at everybody's favorite mouse, Mickey Mouse. Here we go, number one. Any guess as to what Mickey's first public appearance was? Well, in 1928, he started stealing hearts in Steamboat Willie. He's kept going strong since then. Steamboat Willie only lasted a little less than 8 minutes. It includes Minnie Mouse also. Well, Mickey and Minnie did appear in a short called Plane Crazy before Steamboat Willie, but that was only a test screening. If you've never seen Steamboat Willie, it is available several places online. Number 2. Steamboat Willie was one of the first cartoons to have sound and Mickey Mouse was the first cartoon character to ever speak. And it wasn't in that short that he said his first words. It was in 1929, and his first words were, Hot dog. He's been talking much more ever since. And since we mentioned Mickey's first speaking role, we need to say who first voiced Mickey. Do you have any guesses? Well, it was Walt Disney himself. He truly gave Mickey that fun personality that just brings a smile to our face. Several other voice actors have since brought Mickey to life. They include Jimmy McDonald's, Clarence Nash, Wayne Allwine, and Les Perkins. The current voice of Mickey Mouse is provided by Brett Irwin. An interesting side note, Wayne Allwine, who voiced Mickey from 1977 until his death in 2009, was married to Rosie Taylor, who was the voice of Minnie Mouse. Number four, on November 18, 1978, Mickey Mouse was the very first cartoon character to earn a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Who would have thought that a cartoon character could make such a huge impact? And by the way, Mickey was star number 1,700 on The Walk. Number five, Mickey's was, original name wasn't always Mickey. His original name was Mortimer Mouse. Walt's wife, Lillian, didn't feel like Mortimer was a good fit for his personality, so she suggested Mickey. He definitely looks like a Mickey, don't you think? And that name has a great ring to it, and it's also much easier to sing. Well, number six, we all know him as Mickey Mouse here in the United States, but I have several international listeners, and did you know he has different names all over the world? In Sweden, he's Musa Pig. In China, he's Milao. And in Indonesia, he's known as Mickey Tikus. And if you're in Italy, instead of Mickey Mouse, they call him Topolino. That's the inspiration for Topolino's Terrace Restaurant at Disney's Resort. How about his iconic white gloves? Well, when you look at Mickey's hands, you can't help but notice his white gloves. His gloves are white for a reason. Walt Disney needed to have his hands stand out or else they would just blend in with the rest of his body. In the early days of animation, they had to do things a little differently than they do now. How about the Disney Cruise Line Mickey Mouse Connection? Well, in the early days, Mickey was drawn in black and white, but he is now known for his red shorts and yellow shoes. If you take a voyage on Disney Cruise Line, you might notice that the lifeboats match these colors. Well, that's not a coincidence. Disney works closely with the authorities to come up with a color that resembles Mickey's clothes while still meeting international nautical guidelines. After those colors were approved for the Disney Cruise Line, some other cruise lines adopted that color as well. Did you know that Mickey Mouse has an official signature? Well, he does. All the Mickeys you will meet at the Disney parks have to have the classic Mickey signature down perfectly. Imagine having to get all that done with those massive white gloves on. The characters go through hours of training to get that signature down. Number 10, one fun thing to do while visiting a Disney park is to look for hidden monkeys. These are all shapes of the world's most famous mouse, and they're hidden literally everywhere. Some of the hidden Mickeys are obvious, or others are very difficult to find. Ask a cast member about hidden Mickeys, and he or she will be able to get you started. And one bonus fact, number 11, did you know... Mickey Mouse is the most common write-in for president in the United States presidential elections. It's true. It sounds crazy, but yes, it is true. Mickey Mouse is the most common write-in for president. Mickey Mouse always receives votes to become the president of the United States. And there you have it, our fun facts today about Mickey Mouse. As I age, I'm becoming aware of how vitally important it is for me to accept new challenges, to stay sharp mentally, emotionally, even physically. And that's what today's feel-good story is about. It's about the mom that climbed El Capitan. Are you ready? Here we go. You may have heard about Alex Arnold, the daredevil climber whose historic ascent of El Capitan and Yosemite, with a little more than a t-shirt and chalk, was portrayed in the Oscar-winning documentary, Free Solo. Well, now his mother just became the oldest woman to conquer the famous Granite Peak, having reached the peak on September 23rd, the morning of her 70th birthday. Deirdre Waldenick, the writer and language teacher, decided to take up climbing as a means to connect more deeply with her son, who made history in 2018 when he became the first man to climb El Capitan without ropes or safety equipment. Climbing El Cap at 70 takes its toll physically, mentally, and emotionally, Wallinick wrote in her blog. I'm not emotionally down from that climb yet, and I'm not sure I ever will be. In 2008, Hanold was home nursing an injury, which allowed him time to accompany his mother on her first visit to a climbing gym, Pipeworks, in Sacramento. She completed 12 routes that day with his help, but it was months before she had worked up the courage to return on her own. Walenick became committed to the sport and began to meet friends and sharpen her skills. She scaled parts of Half Dome and Cathedral Peak at a time when many other people her age are thinking about retirement and slowing down. Well, she would go on to write a memoir of her experiences climbing with Alex called The Sharp End of Life, A Mother's Story, referring to the climber at the sharp or the lead end of a route who essentially bears all responsibility for guiding the route and securing the rope For all the other climbers. As a mother, I marveled at this process of swapping leads. Parents and children often wind up changing roles in life as they get older, but never I thought that transformation is as obvious as when they climb together. This year, on September 23rd, 10 friends and I set out in the dark at 6 a.m., she writes. The first third of the route is a hike steep enough to require all fours, grabbing boulders and trees and whatever else might hold your weight. The second third of the climb involves ascending fixed ropes using mechanical grips that slide upwards along the rope, which requires immense core strength to use, which Walnick writes wore out pretty quickly. The granite slabs that lead you up the last third stretch go on for what seems like miles. They're impossible to protect with rope or any other way. You just walk steeply, uphill, endlessly, grabbing whatever tiny ledges or roots you can find. But no, my foot no longer works the way it should from an earlier surgery, and my toes can't grip, she remembers. My head, though, she says, was the worst offender my writer's imagination could see exactly what would happen if I stumbled. I'd roll down slab after slab, breaking parts of me at every bump of rock until I reached the edge, and then I would sail out over the valley to plummet 3,200 feet to the valley floor. Yet, despite the fear, The squad made it to the top, where champagne and cupcakes, much-needed sugars, were produced to celebrate with the magnificent views of the valley. It was really awe-inspiring to watch her. And then to have her on top with All Enough, said McMacken, a friend of Deirdre's. There was a special look on everybody's face. We knew where we were. We knew how awesome this moment was. Well, all of us can't climb a mountain for whatever reason. But let me ask you this. As we all age year after year, what new challenges do we seek? What kind of things can we do to keep ourselves sharp physically, emotionally, spiritually, and mentally? I so appreciate you taking the time to listen to the Rick's Rambles podcast each week. If you don't follow me on social media, you can find Rick's Rambles on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and on TikTok. If you'd like to support the podcast, simply share it on your favorite social media platform or you can buy me a cup of coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash Rick Garrett. Once more, I so appreciate you listening. Where were you 50 years ago in 1971? Well, in a nostalgia segment today, we take a quick look back at 1971. First off, there was a world changing event. Television and radio ads for cigarettes were banned in America. Do you remember what a big deal that was? The top song of 1971 was Joy to the World by Three Dog Night. And the top movies of 1971 were Willard, Big Jake, Billy Jack, Fiddler on the Roof, and The Last Picture Show. How about these slogans and quotes from 1971? Do you remember these? Is it live or is it Memorex? You finished it, didn't you? McDonald's introduced, You Deserve a Break Today. Here's a famous one from a sitcom, Marsha, Marsha, Marsha. Of course, that's Jan Brady in the Brady Bunch. Geritol, I would completely forgotten this commercial. My wife, I think I'll keep her. 1971, State Farm introduced this slogan, Like a Good Neighbor, State Farm is There. How about my baloney has a first name? It's O-S-C-A-R. Yes, 1971. And I can't believe I ate the whole thing. Who remembers that one? On November 24, 1971, a man known as D.B. Cooper hijacked a plane, obtained $200,000 in ransom money, and parachuted into the night, never to be seen again. Again in 1971, Ray Tomlinson invented Internet-based email. The first Starbucks opened at Pike Place Market in Seattle, Washington. Taco Bell was founded in 1971. Century 21 Real Estate was founded in 1971, and Gillette introduced the Track 2 Razor, the first double-bladed razor. There you go, a quick look back at 1971. It's no secret that social media has changed the world that we live in, and it's up to us whether we use that tool to change it for better or for worse. I thought today I'd just do a random top 10 list. I looked up the 10 most used social media sites in the United States in 2020. Here we go. Number one, well, this is no surprise. Facebook is the most used social media network in the United States. Number two, it's kind of surprising to me. Number two is YouTube with 2 billion users per month. Number three is one I've honestly not heard of, WhatsApp. Who's heard of WhatsApp? That's a brand new one to me. That must be a young person's thing. Number four, Instagram, and I love Instagram. It clocks in at 1.16 billion users per year. Number five is TikTok, and I will admit, I've kind of got addicted to TikTok. Those short-form videos are so much fun. Number six is Snapchat, another young person's thing, I think. Number seven is Reddit, and I am a heavy Reddit user. Number eight is... Pinterest. I had no idea Pinterest still existed. I thought it had fallen by the wayside a long time ago. Number nine is Twitter. Of course, I love my Twitter. And number 10 is one that I just never got the hang of, LinkedIn. And I don't know if that's really a social media site or not, but it's sure listed on these top 10 most used social media apps. And it's time for our special days of the week. Today, Monday, November 15th, is National Bunt Cake Day. And it's National Raisin Bran Day. I love Raisin Bran. Haven't had it for a number of years. I think I need to get some. Tuesday, the 16th, National Button Day. I had no idea how big of a hobby button collecting is. And it's National Fast Food Day. Wednesday, the 17th, is National Baklava Day. We had baklava last night. Uh, May have to have some next week, too. And it's World Peace Day. Thursday the 18th is Mickey Mouse's birthday. Now you know why we did our fun facts. And it's Apple Cider Day. Friday the 19th is Worldwide Monopoly Day. Have you ever played a game of Monopoly all the way to the end? I don't think I have. Saturday the 20th is National Peanut Butter Fudge Day. And Sunday, the 21st, is National Pumpkin Pie Day. And that's going to wrap it up for this week's episode of the Rick's Rambles podcast. I'm so glad you're here. I hope you'll take a moment and share it on your social media. So until next week, be kind to as many people as you can. as often as you can, we'll start right now and we'll make the world a better place.